welcome to Every 68 Seconds. I am your host, Courtney, and this is going to be season two of my podcast. Last season, we talked a lot about my own experience as a sexual assault survivor and also a lot of other topics that I felt don't get talked about enough in this subject. So definitely go back and listen to that season from the beginning just so you can understand why we're even here and what has happened to me as well because that'll play a lot into this season. Um, And in this season, we're going to be talking with significant others of survivors, survivors themselves, hearing different perspectives and stories from other people and as well as some experts on the subject. So just keep in mind as survivors are listening to this that you... You know, you know that some of these things will be a little bit triggering to hear. Um, we don't really sugarcoat things here because I don't think that it really helps anyone. So just keep that in mind as you listen. But I hope that you are all just as excited as I am to do this season and to listen to all these awesome people. So let's jump right in. What's up, y'all? It is Courtney with Every 68 Seconds. I'm coming at you today solo. Don't have a guest this week. Um, and there's kind of an explanation for that. But this is a little bit on on a whim. I just sat down and pressed record. So here I am <laughs> chatting with y'all, y'all today. Um, I also have something like stuck in my throat. Not in a can't breathe kind of way. But I ate a burger for lunch that Daniel made last night had leftovers and had either thyme or rosemary like sprigs in it. I don't know which one, but one of those things is stuck in my throat. So if I keep like swallowing slash coughing, I apologize for that. Um, it's been a few hours and I still haven't gotten it out, so I don't know what to do and it's really annoying, but here we go. Um, yeah, so I've super enjoyed all these, you know, guests that I've had so far. I've had four. I've had my husband and then two anonymous friends of mine and then Ethan. And y'all really seemed to enjoy that episode with Ethan and I, um, which is really cool to see because it was over an hour long. Longest episode that I've ever recorded. And yet it was like the third highest um, plays of all of the episodes. So I thought that was really cool. And um, I got some feedback that it was really fun to listen to. And I did really enjoy the fact that it was so laid back. And I feel like that was all due to Ethan, honestly, like he's just, he was just like, let's, you know, be chill and like talk about whatever. Um, And I'm normally kind of straight to the point, like, let's get through the question. So I might take that, honestly, into account, like going forward. But it's been so fun and I've felt really blessed to have all these people want to be involved and share their story and talk with me about mine and all that good stuff. Um, I'm definitely gonna, you know, keep going with that, but I wanted to kind of come on here and just chat about something that's been on my mind and on my heart the last like week. Uh, yeah, basically a week. (laughs) Exactly. Um, last Monday I had a friend come over that I was going to record with and she lives here. She's a great friend of mine, probably like the best friend that I have here in the Pensacola area. Um, she's an awesome Christian woman that I can like talk to about things. And 
Um, right before she came over, I was listening to a podcast episode and it was a Christian co- podcast. Um, I think it was views from the porch. I'm not, I can't remember exactly, but they were talking about kind of perception management and how we all try to change who we are or change things about ourselves to like change the perception of our change, the way that people perceive us, I guess. And um, we can't be fully loved if we're not fully known and all these things. And they're very great things, um, to say and to talk about and to address. Um, in my mind, there were some things from my past that came up in my brain as I was listening to that, um, episode. And when my friend came over, I was supposed to record an episode with her cause she was going to share some of her story. And I just like, <laughs> I pretty much just I sat her down with me at my desk and I was like, I need to get this off my chest because I don't think I can get through this episode recording if I don't talk about this with you first. And so I just like told her everything and um, I cried a lot. It was very emotional because I hadn't talked to anyone about these things before. And I told her that I, you know, really wanted to talk to Daniel about these things. Um, But I knew that he was very stressed out this last week with flight school training and I didn't want to put all this on him while he's doing all these things. So I wanted to wait till the weekend. Um, and honestly, the only way I was able to wait and not be so like super anxious and stuff was because I kept praying to God, like, please just get me through this week without having to talk to him because I know how stressed he is and I don't want to put this on him. Um, and, and he did help me a lot and he gave me a lot of peace so that I could do that and that I didn't have to burden Daniel with all this stuff while he was in the middle of studying for a test and all these things. And so that conversation didn't happen until this last Saturday. Um, and it was a good conversation. I mean, it was a very hard conversation, but it ended well. And yeah, I just kind of want to talk about what happened and why there wasn't an episode last week, and how I think going forward, I'll probably end up doing like every other Tuesday, because it has been a little bit hard to get one out every single week with a guest. Um, That's kind of besides the point, but I really wanted to, I just want to address this, I guess, which is kind of hard for me, because I don't know, (laughs) it's just hard. Um, but I'm just going to go for it. So what came up for me in my mind while I was listening to that podcast was basically some memories about things that I have done in my past, um, in regards to my abuser that I pretty much just dug a deep hole and like buried it there. And I forgot about, I like legitimately forgot about it. And there's probably points in the last three years that it came up in my mind and I just like buried it because I didn't want it to be true and I didn't want to address it and I didn't want to tell anyone about it. Um, so I'm not going to like share every detail because I just don't really think that's super necessary to share with the whole world as much as I want to be vulnerable and like open with y'all. I don't think I need to like, I don't know, share every single detail, but, um, basically before before my abuser raped me, there was, so I think I've talked about a little bit, but I mean, our, our relationship started as a friendship. 
Um, at least I thought it was a friendship on my end. I thought it was like a spiritual mentorship in a way as well and a work friendship as well and like a coworker thing. Um, but as time went on, he, I believe he manipulated me into thinking that I liked him and wanted something from him, um, in like a relationship sense, I guess. And in the end he didn't like, he didn't bring anything up sexually to me until, you know, maybe a few weeks or so. Well, that's not true. It was like a few months, a couple months before, um, he actually did rape me. He didn't like bring anything sexual into the conversation. But the first time it happened, I like shut it down very quickly because I was like, bro, like I have a boyfriend, like, what are you doing? And I thought that you were this like great Christian man. Um, and he got very like, offended and defensive about that because I called him out on it. Um, and yeah, I might share like exactly what happened there, but all that to say, um, it got shot down quickly, but then later on it got brought back up. And then at that point, I think I was just in this kind of state of, do I like, do I like him? Do I want something from him sexually? Like I was so confused even though I knew like before I never really wanted anything and I didn't like him, but for whatever reason, as time went on and this like manipulation kept happening and just this weird relationship, I don't even know what to call it to be honest, but, um, it just kept going on. And there was a few things that I did, um, not with him like physically, but just over text, like things that I said, um, that would have honestly, like if you were to read them, like it would be almost in my mind, it would be like incriminating to me, like towards me because it made it seem like I did want something to happen with him sexually. Um, and it was like things that he, he would say something and then he would say like, Oh, it's your turn now. And as much as I didn't want to say anything I did anyways, um, and there's a part of me that was enjoying what was going on. And then another part of me that was like, what is happening? I don't like this. And I feel disgusted by him. Um, yeah, it's very like looking back on all of that is just so confusing. And after talking with, you know, my friend and Daniel and then another friend today, actually, I talked to her about this and she actually honestly encouraged me to to tell you guys about it because she thought, you know, this stuff will be really probably relatable for some women to hear that have been um, sexually assaulted or raped or whatever term you want to use because not all of us, well, I would say most of us were probably raped by somebody that we know and had some kind of relationship with prior to it happening. And so, you know, there's probably a lot of people that maybe relate to me in wondering if you had a role to play like in what happened to you and feeling like you made the that man or whoever think that you wanted something when you like really didn't or maybe you did want something to happen but then once it started you were like oh my god never mind like you changed your mind you didn't want it you said that you made it clear and he still did something and um that's basically kind of what happened to me and it, and I, I mean, talking to Daniel, he was able to kind of help me understand why 
looking back on that and even being in that situation was very confusing for me because part of me felt like I did want something to happen. And then the other part was literally disgusted by my abuser and by him like saying things to me in a sexual manner or like flirting with me or whatever. Like it was just, it was just so Jekyll and Hyde kind of thing. Like for me, it was just very opposite reactions within me and I didn't know which one was truth or like what to listen to and Daniel you know kind of was like well I think part of that was just this abuse fog that you were in which happens a lot in abusive relationships where you just like don't even really know what's real anymore you don't know yourself anymore and you do things that you don't want to because you're in this kind of abusive situation um but anyways all of, you know, these things, there's just a few things that I did and or said, I guess, um, in text and to this man that when I look back now, it's like, well, of course he thought that I wanted something, you know? Um, so, so is he really, was he really doing something wrong? Like, did I, am I really the one at fault, which is what I felt for so many years now, <laughs> so many years, almost three years for now, I felt like, it was my fault. And I did this to myself pretty much. Um, and that's kind of, I think that's honestly the biggest reason why is for these, because of these things that I did and said beforehand that basically if you were to look at them just, you know, on their own, like they were basically me cheating on Daniel in like an emotional way and almost in a sexual way, despite it not being in person with my abuser, obviously, but, um, yeah, just, it's it's really hard for me to rationalize and like to think about because it was so confusing at the time. Um, and it's hard for me to even say that it was cheating because in my mind then like, or like looking back now, it was like, was that even me? Like it didn't even feel like it was me. And a huge part of me didn't want to say or do any of those things. Um, so anyways, it's just, I just wanted to kind of address this because it's been on my mind obviously since last Monday and I have talked with Daniel and it, and it's, it's kind of, you know, we've molded over and he's forgiven me for those things. And it's honestly now just down to me accepting the forgiveness that he's given me for what I did. Um, but also knowing that it's just hard for me to even, I don't know, like accept what I did because it doesn't feel like it was me doing it. And like, I, it was almost like I didn't want to, but I did anyways. And I don't know. It's hard to be like, well, was that really me wanting to, or was I like kind of manipulated into it? Um, and I guess the reason I wonder that is because one thing I'm not sure I've shared before is that one of the first conversations that my abuser and I had at work was we were both in the same room and we were working with our clients and he just randomly asked me like I don't think we've we had ever talked before but he asked me uh do you have a boyfriend or like are you in a relationship or something like that and it was very kind of like off the cuff kind of thing but I'm so open like I'm just a very open book and like I'll talk to anyone about pretty much anything so I was like yeah I have a boyfriend and he was like oh cool and like asked me a couple questions and he was like are you guys gonna get married and I was like, uh, I don't know. And honestly, at the time, Daniel and I like weren't doing very well. Um, there was actually a, a man that I emotionally cheated on Daniel with like 
the year before or a year a year before that I think or maybe less than a year um actually yeah it was definitely less than a year before that and obviously we weren't doing well because of that and that's a whole different story (laughs) um but anyways super uh, honest there um yeah so that happened so then we weren't doing well and I just told him when he asked me if we're gonna get married I was like honestly I don't know we're not doing super great but like you know maybe who knows not really sure and that was like pretty much the conversation and then I remember just maybe a week later he messaged me on Instagram he followed me on Instagram somehow I don't know how he found me he probably just searched my name I was I was public so not hard to find me, but he added me on Instagram and he messaged me saying basically, Hey, like I've noticed that you stare at me a lot at work and you seem to be like flirting with me and blah, blah, blah. And I, and you said you have a boyfriend. So I'm just like trying to understand what's going on kind of thing. And I was like, uh, I didn't think that I was doing that. Like I I'm sorry if that's the impression that you got, but I don't think I'm staring at you. I don't think I'm doing that and I'm sorry kind of thing. But like, yeah, I have a boyfriend and I'm not trying to do anything or flirt with you or whatever. And I thought that it was, you know, squashed there. Um, But then two days and he said like, okay, yeah, it's fine. And then two days later, he messaged me again saying the same thing. Like, hey, you said that you weren't doing it, but you definitely are. And I've seen you, I've seen you stare at me. Like I've seen this and I've, notice this like that you're flirting with me and it seems like you like me and I was just like I don't know what to say like I don't think I'm doing that you know um but that was like honest like when I look back that was the first time that he basically was trying to manipulate me into thinking that I liked him and it was so like nobody normal would do that right like that's not like a normal thing that you do but when I honestly, when I look back at the relationship we had, it was so, it seems to be, it seems to have been so calculated and so like planned out. Like he picked me out of all of the girls that worked at this place. I almost said the name. Um, he picked me out of all these girls and he was, you know, one of maybe four or five man or men that worked there. And there were so many women there and he picked me out. He asked that question, knew that I wasn't in a great place in my relationship, knew that I was vulnerable, and then started out with this, like, manipulation tactic, I guess. And obviously, I didn't see it as that, but, like, back then, I just kind of, I guess I, honestly, over time, I started to believe that. And every, any time that I would say no to something, it, it was like he had this way of changing my mind, basically. Like, like, I couldn't, I wasn't allowed to disagree with him. And that turned into obviously like a spiritual thing. Like he would bring up things from the Bible or whatever. And if I disagreed, like that wasn't okay. And so I would change my mind. Um, And yeah, so I guess that's why in my mind, I have a really hard time coming to terms with like, well, did I really want to do those things like before he raped me? Or was that like in my mind, I think, I think I was so confused in those moments even doing those things and I like was so disgusted because maybe deep down I didn't want to but I did because I knew that I had to and like and then a part of me also thought like I was kind of convinced that I liked him and convinced that I wanted something to happen and I I think of that whole like Stockholm syndrome thing where like people are are abducted by somebody and then over time they're like 
they like fall in love with their abuser almost. And I kind of feel like that's how my situation was in a way, not to like discredit, obviously getting abducted and like actually, you know, having a kidnapper and all that stuff. That's so, I know that that's very different from my situation. Um, But it just felt a lot like, it feels a lot like that when I look back on that. And in that moment, in the relationship, it felt like that at a lot of times. And I just kind of ignored that. Um, And another story that came up in my mind that I told my friend on the phone today was like, there was the first time that he ever brought anything sexually into the conversation, I guess you could say was a couple of months or a few months, I think. Um, I think it was like February. And so we met just to give you like a timeline of how long this took for him to like, I don't know, groom me (laughs) in a way. Um, We met uh, June of 2018 and then kind of like started a friendship in August, I would say. Um, And then maybe it was July, I don't know. But around July, August is when we kind of began this like friendship thing. February is the first time he he brought anything sexual into our conversations over over text. And then June, beginning of June is when he raped me. So it took like almost a year or so of like conversing with me and I would say grooming me to get me to that point. But um, February, it was the first time he ever brought anything sexual into the conversation. Before that, it was all very kind of innocent in a way, at least. Um, just a lot of like building me up and then tearing me down through, you know, spiritual Christian conversations and honestly asking me a lot about like my life and my past and trying to make me do certain things within the faith, I guess you could say. And I, it's a totally different conversation. (laughs) Um, But when he first brought up sexual stuff in February, he was saying all these things. I don't remember honestly what they were, but I was super confused but then slightly flattered because at that point it had been this like push and pull kind of relationship where I wanted so badly for him to accept me and to almost like me because he would, cause he would compliment and then he would tear me down kind of thing. And so I was always like fighting for his approval. Um, and I almost got to this point where I wanted him to like me, And if he didn't, then it was like, well, what's this all been about, I guess, thing. And so um, when he first brought that into the conversation, I was super, it was so random. I remember it being like the most random thing ever. Like we were talking about something completely different. And then he brought that up and I was so, like I was flattered in some way. And then I was also like, what's going on in the other way? Like, why are you doing this? Like you always talk about Christianity and your faith and all this stuff and how good you are. And he also, he also before this would come, like he basically assumed that I had been having sex with my boyfriend and condemned me for that in many ways. And so he, he'd said all these things about sex before marriage and all this stuff. And then he all of a sudden started saying sexual things to me over text. Um, and I was like, he basically like told me that I should come over and like, and do stuff. And part of me was like, well, don't I have to, I have to go because this kind of relationship we had, but I didn't want to. And I have eventually decided not to go. And 
I drove home, like I was at the gym at the time and I drove home and was like, I'm not coming. Like, I don't know what's going on, but I'm not coming over. And then he called me and just like, man, he just berated me with all of this. Just, I don't even remember. It just, I just remember feeling so terrible. And he basically said like, all of that was a test to see if you would give in to temptation and like, blah, blah, blah. Like you passed the test, but like you barely passed because you thought about coming over and you were almost, you almost gave into temptation. Um, but you didn't. And so you passed the test and blah, blah. And then all this stuff about how terrible I was basically. <laughs> and I was like, what just happened? Like, what the hell was that? And I remember getting off the, and I actually was crying on the phone. And then he like hung up. I got off the phone. I was just sitting in my car outside of my apartment complex, just bawling. Like, what the heck? Um, and I didn't, I don't think I told anybody actually. Um, but that was like the first time that happened. And then I remember it kind of got brought up again. And I actually went over to his house and he said all these things like, I, Gosh, I don't even remember. But he ended up saying to my face, like, so the reason, like, the real reason I said all that is because I actually do want to have sex with you. And I know that you want to have sex with me, too. And so, like, there's just, like, this sexual tension and blah, 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 blah. And I was like, what? Like, so confused. Um, and then I remember telling, like, going to visit Daniel. And then I told him all that stuff and, like, came clean about everything. And I was like, I did something wrong, like, blah, blah, blah. But I told him, told Daniel all these things and he was like, whoa, what's going on? Like this guy is super like manipulative and like, that's not okay. And basically like I needed to end the relationship or whatever. Um, gosh, this is going longer than I expected. And I'm telling you guys a lot of things, but, um, anyways, I'm just trying to explain why I feel like part of me like, even though I did the things that I did, it was so complicated, I guess. And I, anyways, <laughs> this is hard to talk about. It's just, I don't want you guys to think that I, like, honestly, the biggest reason I don't want to come on here and like talk about this is because I don't want you guys to think that number one, I'm a liar because I've kept these things out of my story and made it seem like it was all just him. But I also like explaining myself. I also don't want you guys to think that like, I'm trying to explain away my guilt in this because I know that I have guilt in it too. So it's just really hard to talk about, I feel like. But anyways, so my abuser ended up leaving and go, and he went out of the country for like two months and I was so happy. Like, And that's one of the things that, that really tells me, okay, you were definitely in some kind of abuse fog because... Like in a normal, if this is like a normal relationship, quote unquote, and I actually liked this dude and like wanted to be around him. Like if he was gone, I would miss him. Like I would like want him to come back, but he was gone for two months. And I was like, thank God. Like I have not felt so at peace in so long. And my relationship with Daniel was so great. Like we went to this dance at the academy and I was just like so happy. And then I remember he got back like literally, I think it was literally like a week or something before everything. I don't, I wish I remember the timeline better, but I think it was literally like a week or two before he raped me. And I remember I went into work and I was so excited to just be like, 
talk to the hand, dude. Like, I don't want anything to do with you. But then I saw him and I remember thinking to myself, like, I can't get away from him. There's no way that I, it's just not a possibility for me to be able to get away from him. And like something is going to happen and it's inevitable at this point. And that's just what my brain was telling me. Um, so much to the point that I actually re-downloaded the app that we had communicated through because I like, I thought to myself, like he's probably wanting to text me and almost part of me, I wanted him to want to text me. Cause I wanted to be like, bye. Like you want to talk to me and I don't want to talk to you. Um, but of course he reeled me back in. However he did, I'm not sure. Don't remember, but he reeled me back in. And shortly after that is when a lot of like the sexual stuff came back into play. And I ended up kind of, uh, participating in that over text. And that's the thing. Those are the things that I had to talk to Daniel about and tell him because I had pretty much buried those, those details for the past three years. Cause I didn't want to even address them myself. And I definitely didn't want to address them with Daniel. Um, but anyways, um, all that to say, I just felt like this was all things that I needed to include in my story because there is guilt that I have from doing those things. And I don't know. I just don't want to like, honestly, I haven't wanted to record anything this week because I feel kind of fraudulent in a way. Like I feel like I've been keeping these kind of important, I would say details out of my story because I was afraid that honestly, the biggest thing I'm afraid of is I'll tell people that there was things that I said and did over text before he raped me that would have maybe made him think definitely would have made him think actually that I wanted something to happen. And then people might think that because I said those things or did those things, I did want something to happen. It happened. And now I just regret it. And like, I'm going back on, or like, I'm, I'm just like trying to get back at him or like putting the blame on him. And he didn't actually rape me. If that makes sense. (laughs) That sounds really bad, but that's, honestly, like what I am afraid people will think of me is that I just like am making all this up because I did want something to happen. But when it did happen, I regretted it. And then to get out of the guilt, I just like faked this like rape story, which isn't true, but it's just, I don't know. I've honestly just heard that happens a lot. Like when people talk about their stories, like I, especially with stories where it's like within a relationship is just like, Oh, you just, or not within a relationship, but maybe even like, I don't know. They're in a relationship kind of like my situation and something happens with another person and it's rape, but other people around that person think like, Oh, you just regret doing it. So now you're saying that he raped you kind of thing. Um, so anyways, that's what I've honestly feared for years that, for these last three years that I, that people would think of me if I explained or like talked about those things. And the worst part, one of the worst parts is that when I reported it to the police, I left those details out. And I feel like that was kind of lying in a way to like leave those details out. I mean, they're small details, but like they are kind of important. And like, if I ever went forward, which honestly, this is a huge reason I don't want to go forward with the investigation which the only way that I would be able to do that is by calling my abuser and trying to get him to admit it 
in a recorded phone call. So that's that's probably the biggest reason I don't want to go forward because I don't want to do that. But another big reason is because if they were to ever find those messages somehow, like they would just, I mean, they would definitely not believe that it was rape. Like they would definitely think that I wanted something to happen. Um, but I mean, I didn't, you know, like it's weird because even hanging out with him that day and going to his house, like those things, I made those choices. I still like regret those choices, obviously, because in my mind, like I should have never hung out with him. I shouldn't have done this, whatever. Um, but like leading up to it, I even struggled in my own mind. Like, do I want something to happen? Like, maybe I do, maybe I don't, I don't really know. I kind of do. And on the other hand, I definitely don't. And then I remember the moment it clicked and that, and then I realized I did not want anything to happen is when he kissed me. And that was like the beginning of everything else that happened, like kind of waterfall from there. But when he kissed me, I, it was just like this, this switch flipped in my head. And I was like, I definitely don't want anything to happen right now. Like nothing else. I didn't want that to happen, honestly. And I don't want anything else to happen further. And what am I doing here? Like, I def, I like, I, it was almost like I realized, like, I haven't wanted anything to happen this whole time. Like, what, I, what have I been saying? What have I been doing? Like, why am I even here? Why am I here right now? And that's when I made it clear to him, like, hey, actually, no, like, I don't want this to be happening and I don't want to go further. And obviously, from there, he forced it to go further. And so that's where it became rape, in my opinion, or a sexual assault, in my opinion, after that. Um, but in my head, I'm still, of course, dealing with this, like, is it like me saying those things and doing those things beforehand caused him to think that I wanted something. So isn't that my fault? And so isn't, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I know that if somebody came to me and was like, hey, this happened to me. And like, they told me the exact same story. I would be like, dude, you have to separate those two things. Like, doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you said or did beforehand. You told him, no, you did. You said you didn't want to do anything. And then he still did. That's rape, you know? But when I think of it in my own story, my own mind, it's like really difficult to separate those things. So anyways, I just wanted to kind of come clean, I guess, to y'all, because I didn't think I could go forward with the next episodes that come out in the future without kind of, I don't know, explaining details about my story that I had left out. And honestly, I didn't remember. I literally, there was probably points in the first like year maybe that I remembered them and just like kept pushing them down. But definitely in the last like year, I haven't even thought of those. And I definitely forgot about them until I listened to that podcast episode, which I don't think is a coincidence. Um, because there are things that I definitely need to deal with. Like I need to work on accepting the forgiveness that's been given to me by God and by Daniel, but it's just, yeah, really difficult to deal with. And I don't know. I just wanted to tell you guys about it. And I definitely knew I couldn't go forward without explaining myself in this way. So one thing that my friend today on the phone kind of said was just that there's probably people who did things or said things before their abuser like raped them or sexually assaulted them that maybe thought 
maybe they felt were incriminating to them and maybe they feel like they are guilty because of that. And like even her story, she had drank before and probably did flirt a little bit with her abuser before. And then he still, but he went on to rape her and like those things aren't like, those are separate things, you know? And for her, she, she also struggles with like her actions before and then his actions in that assault. So she just encouraged me that this would probably be a really like relatable podcast episode for a lot of people. And I thought it's definitely necessary for me to go through this recording and tell you guys all of this um, before I go forward with this podcast. So anyway, that's pretty much all I have. <laughs> I'm not really sure what else to say, but I am working on trying to get more um, guests for you guys. I'm sorry that I haven't been very consistent like every single Tuesday. I think moving forward, like it's just going to have to be every other Tuesday so I have enough time to get a new guest and also just honestly like survive myself because I think mentally, you know, this is just, this podcast is difficult for me to host a lot of the times, um, as much as I do enjoy doing it and I know how much it helps people. It is difficult sometimes for me to follow through and like talk about certain things. Um, so yeah, I do apologize for taking a long time to get, well, you know, skipping a week basically last week. And then there was a couple weeks I skipped like over the last couple months as well. So I apologize for that, and I'm going to try to be more consistent with you. Um, but moving forward, I think it will be every other Tuesday. So definitely just expect me every every other Tuesday. I also really need to get back on Instagram because I haven't been using my every 68 seconds Instagram page. So I'm really sorry about that. But if y'all could, you know, do what you do best and um, just share the podcast episode that you love the most, that's helped you the most. Um, maybe even write a review, a review or put a rating on Spotify or Apple. And then when I do actually share things on Instagram, it would be super helpful for y'all to share like on your stories or whatever, because I know there's a lot of people out there who need to hear stories like mine or stories like the guests that I've had, um, or even just episodes from the first season. So Seriously, thank you guys for being such an amazing audience and listening to all of my rambling and all of these episodes um, that have come out so far. I think you'll enjoy the ones coming in the future. I definitely, I have um, one person in mind to interview about EMDR therapy, another therapist that does a different kind of therapy, um, a friend of me and Daniel's who was a part of a college like sexual assault prevention kind of group. And I don't remember what it was called. I think it was called one in four. Um, but I'm really excited to talk to him in the near future to talk about just, you know, sexual assault on college campuses and things like that. He has a lot of kind of expertise in that area. And I have a couple other friends who want to share their stories. Um, so yeah, I'm excited for what's to come, but I definitely needed to get this all out before moving forward. So I appreciate you guys listening um, and letting me be vulnerable with you, even as uncomfortable as it is for me and possibly for you to listen to, I don't know, but anyways, hopefully this was helpful for somebody and, um, I will talk with you guys in a couple weeks. Mm -hmm.